we're glad that you've chosen to be with us this morning. Uh, my name is Daryl. There you go. And uh, I am the lead pastor here, otherwise known as the old guy. But I will never admit to that. Anyways, I want to know, do you have to learn how to do, ah, to come to these, late, the, the, I thought that was really good, where's she at? Twice, you did that, ah, like that. I mean, it just kind of bellowed out. I was just saying, well, that's kind of cool, little, little announcement effect, you know. So I, just before we take the offering, I'm going to go, offering, and, I, and then you can open your purses and wallets up, How do you, what do you think? Anyways, <laughs> you know, everybody else, I, every, we have a preaching team, and all those guys get up here, and they get everybody laughing, and I try to do it, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm like the, what's the guy in a trash can from, um, that's what I feel like sometimes. <laughs> I tell bad jokes. <laughs> I tell bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're, we're going to be talking about narrative. And, um, you know, a narrative is a thought, an idea, a process, or whatever. And there's all kinds of narratives out there today, right? There's all kinds of voices out there with us today. I mean, and all those voices out there are trying to get you and I to say yes to them, right? They're trying to pull us in to what they believe. I mean, I feel like... I, I hate, I don't want to say hate, that's strong language. It's not good language for the sermon today, because then I'll have to repent. Anyways, uh, <laughs> um, it, it's irritating, that's a safe word, irritating to me when people come and make a lot of promises, when I look at them and say, you're not going to be able to do that. I mean, they'll just tell you anything you want to hear to get you to join them. Have you ever felt that way? Anything you want in. I look at them and go, you can't do that. We don't have a system that will let you do that. I mean, you're just, you're just itching my ears. And then there's some of them that literally, they'll just tell you anything you want to hear to get you to do what they want you to do, or at least get you to do, or at least get you to believe that's what you want to do. Do you ever feel that way? I mean, you need to believe what I believe, right? And I, I, I'll go on record today that you need to believe what I believe. Because I really do believe I'm right. <laughs> but so you, right? You guys believe you're right, right? I'm going to trump you with my right with your right. There is a voice. There is a voice. There is the voice. And I think sometimes as the, these voices we have or these things that we listen to help us or we make decisions upon those voices from time to time. And those voices could be coming out of books that we read, different philosophies, different ideologies, all those kinds of things. And we make choices based on those different philosophies and ideas. Or even our, our culture. Our culture has a philosophy and idea behind it that, that we adhere to. Um, we call it the American way, capitalism. And we love it, right? We enjoy it, don't we? It has some really positive things about it, doesn't it? 
And if you haven't traveled the world very much, I'm telling you right now, it has some very positive things about it. Um, and we don't have to go very far to figure out that there's challenges throughout the world. But these ideas and these principles form who we are. They form our lives. They form how we make decisions. You know, and I've learned over the years that what am I going to allow to form my life? What is it that I'm going to allow to help me make decisions? Good decisions. And I want to go on record to say this, and if you've been around for a while, you know that this would... I, I have not, over the years, I mean, especially the front end of my life, when I'm looking as a young adult in my early 20s, I made terrible decisions. Absolutely rotten decisions. I, I mean, I really did. And, uh, and, and if I had to do it over again with what I know today, I can guarantee you I wouldn't make there's decisions I wouldn't do again. But we think when we think about the body of Christ or Christianity or even religion in general, in today's world, religion is kind of seen as archaic, old-fashioned. I want to tell you right now, I am not old-fashioned. <laughs> I had some of your thoughts roll my way. <laughs> Anyways, I am not old-fashioned, but I would say that I am an idea, in purpose, I would say that I'm a, a religious conservative. I would say that. With... Overtones. Okay, I got a, I got a crowd. <laughs> Anyways, but what is, the vo what is it that you guide your life by? What is it, how is it you make decisions? What are the narratives in your life that form your life, that direct your life? And we all have them. I know some of us might say, well, I really don't have this. I tell you, every time you make a decision, that comes from somewhere. That, you've been formed out of that decision from, it could be extreme dysfunction. I understand that. Uh, and I think many of us uh, in the world today would recognize there's a lot of it. But we don't have to remain in it. Nor do we have to remain in making the same bad choices either. There is hope. And there is guidance, and there is freedom, and there are great choices in front of us. You know, Jesus said this in uh, Luke uh, 21.8. It says, Take heed that you do not be deceived. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. And so what Jesus is saying there, look, there's those who are going to come after me. They're going to try to take my place. He says, be careful. Be careful. Those, be wise about those choices. There are those that are going to come after me, and they're going to sound darn good. They're, going to, they're going to resonate with you. They might even say the things that you believe or you think you believe. But he says, beware, for they're not my voice. They might be similar to my voice, but they're not my voice. And so, 
I'm going to talk about a few of the narratives we're going to go through, and we have a team that's going to work with. But the one that you can't talk about narratives, really, without turning to Matthew 5. I mean, Jesus, that's the meat of some of the narratives in, in the Gospels. So turn with me to chapter 5, or scroll to it, or button to it, or hit your app. Whatever it is, the choice that you use. Let's bring that up. Chapter 5. So G- Jesus is here. He's amongst the crowd, and he begins to talk to them. And he would say things like, well, he began the whole, the whole narrative, the sermon. He began by saying, blessed are those. Blessed. He would say, are poor in spirit. And so he'd go through this list of blessed, and you can just imagine that the crowd around them is going, This is different because mostly in the religious work of the day, people were telling them what they're doing wrong. Mostly in the day, it was mostly, you're talking, you got the 10 big ones. We'll talk a little bit about that. But you had 600, roughly 630 statues that they had to live live by. 630. I just want to go on record and say I'd be dead in the water. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to live. I, they, they wouldn't have enough doves for me, pigeons. There wouldn't be enough. I'd be living there because I'd walk away from the altar and I'd have to turn around. Anyways. But, the, but there were so many do's and don'ts, right? And I know that some people look at religiosity today as do's and don'ts. Religiosity. Who was that? Was that you, Don't you talk when I'm talking. Come afterwards. We call those derelisms. Write a book to follow me. Okay, derelisms. All right, thank you very much. I just want to get you on the right page. You good? Okay, all right. (laughs) Anyways. And then he began, and he would say something to the, the, you have heard it said. And he was relating to the Ten Commandments. And he understand that he would have religious leaders, Pharisees and scribes, following him all the time, looking for him to say something that was wrong. And then you have the commenters, like, like myself and yourself, that you're hearing a voice that's going, this man is different. And something inside of me is resonating. I am drawn to these words. What is it that is drawing me? And and it's that voice of hope. That voice of hope that comes forth, right? It's not easy to be dedicated. It's not easy to develop disciplines. It's not easy... To, to follow a higher, what we call a higher path. It's not easy, is it? It's, it's, not to, it's not easy to love others like we love ourselves. And so in their world, the Ten Commandments, the law of Moses was everything. Was everything. And Jesus here in the Sermon on the Mount, what we call the Beatitudes, he takes a few of these on. 
And he'd say, you have heard it said, but I say to you. We live in a society, our society, that praises pride. We live in a society that praises pride and arrogance and not humility. That endorses immorality, especially if we get away with it. That is the world we live in. Folks, you don't have to go very far. Just read the tabloids, right? And then, or, or just, I don't know what it is about our society that loves to read about other people's lives. Anyways, we see the words of Jesus sometimes as old-fashioned, especially when you live in a society that praises pride and not humility and, and arrogance, and, 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 and we want to gravitate towards people that are tr- extremely successful and not really care how they get there. How's that one? Or they are successful, but it doesn't matter how they live their lives. And they're taken on as role models. And, and many of us, you, go, you can go into high schools, and you can see, especially when it comes to athletics. And when it comes to athletics, you start, you start seeing these young teenagers start dress and wear the same clothing and act the same way and, 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 do, and just look like these, these stars. Look, I, I, in my garage... I have a big poster of Jerry West. I know you don't know who he is. (laughs) Who was the point guard for the Lakers when I was growing up. And he was one of the best ones that ever played the game. Yeah, Stockton gave him a run for his money for sure. Anyways, we must, now listen to this, this is very important as I move forward. We must expect challenges. We must expect challenges. Challenges are a part of life. If we are choosing to follow the words of Jesus, and we cannot obtain what we're about to talk about on our own, we need the help of the presence of the living God on the face of the earth today. So the Pharisees and the, and the scribes were all about the law of Moses. Everything they talked about was all about duty. It was all about that. It was all about the Ten Commandments. And Jesus would interface with them. And they would have their religious um, uh, clothing on that separated them. They were very noticeable. And people would honor them. And they should be for their dedication for sure. But they saw Jesus as a threat. They didn't see Jesus as who Jesus said he was. They were curious, for sure. That's why they followed him around and and quite often tried to entrap him. And they were big on the idea of sin. Separation from the law. And they would talk about sin often. And Jesus wouldn't talk, you know, Jesus was the same. He would, he would say, sin, anything that separates us from the living God is not good. He would say the same thing, but he would come and approach it a different way. I think the woman caught in adultery is a great story and an example of that. 
when she would run to Jesus and fell at his feet and had all of these uh, men coming and getting ready to stone her. And Jesus said something very unique. He said, those of you without sin cast the first stone. And they all left. And Jesus looked down at this young lady who was, a, who was caught legally. She, was, she would, by, the, by the law of Moses, would be condemned and stoned. Said, where are your accusers? And she said, I don't know, Lord. And she goes, he goes, I don't accuse you either. But he did say this. He says, stop what you're doing and go live a right life. Stop what you're doing because I forgive you. But stop what you're doing and go live right life. And many of us are in this room have had that very same type of encounter where you, we've met the passion of the living God. So picking up with verse 21 in chapter 5, it says this, You have heard, and this is what Jesus is saying, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whosoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. So he just turned that over. You know this is wrong. You know this is wrong. But I say to you, those of you who are angry, beware. He goes on to say that whosoever says to his brother, Raka, or fool, or idiot, shall be in danger of the council. And think about this. You're going, oh, man, you went, you went, from, you went from murder to fool? I mean, how do you go from murder to fool, right? What is Jesus really saying here? I have some thoughts on this. Is it possible that when you start down that negative, passionate road and you let your heart begin to express the feelings that you have towards people, that it opens a door of judgment into a place that you might not live out and act, but you murder somebody in your heart? Is that a possibility? Somebody offends you, or something's done wrong in your life, or somebody comes and, 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 and falsely accuses you, or has an opinion about you that isn't true, or has heard a rumor about you that is not true, but yet they believe it because we just love negativity in general about people as it is. Now, there's a, just a wonderful place for all of you to stand up and clap and say amen, but don't worry. I, I'll just move on. I got it. But that is not true. Isn't that, the, isn't that the way our, our society is? When we're thinking about the different voices, where it, we just feel like we can say anything we want to say about any other person and it's okay? Is that okay? No. I'm asking. I'm really asking because I'm hearing it all the time. Or is it better? Now, just kind of, I don't want to take too much of a detour here, but is it better to try to see the best in people. Now, I get sometimes that's really hard. I get it. But isn't that a better way to approach life? To see the best? So Jesus is sitting here and saying, look, you've heard where it said, Moses said, you shall not murder. Ten Commandments, Law of Moses. And he's taking that as an opportunity, but, but I say to you, 
So what he's moving on, because Jesus said, I am the fulfillment of everything that you believe in the past behind me. I'm it. You don't have to go back there anymore. I am it. This is it. The new covenant. I'm establishing it. So I'm going to give you, let you in on how this works. How this works is it's more, it goes deeper than just not murdering. It goes into the place of the emotion and the heart and the attitude and how you live your life. That's where this is going. And I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, going, uh, first time I read something like this, when I'm going, oh my gosh, how do you do that? How do you not be critical? How do you not say in your heart, you idiot? Now, come on, let's be honest. Some of you have said it just recently. Maybe different words, but, Right? How much, how much are I going to have to tolerate you? Can't you just go away? You, you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again, right? And Jesus says something about that. He goes on. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. So he goes, now we're going from murder to calling somebody a fool, and now you're talking about going to hell over words. Now, I'm going to be honest. There's thoughts here. But what he's saying here is if you live there, if you remain there, if you think that's okay, it will take you down a path that is destructive. And the end of it is destructive. That's really what Jesus is saying, right? Can I I at least get it? I think you're okay. I think you're on right trail. Okay, thank you. Then he says this. Oh, he had to say this. He had to. I don't know why, but he did. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar. Okay, so therefore, if you're going to bring your gift, if today you're going you're to bring an offering and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave that gift there before the altar and go, and go your way. First reconcile to your brother and then come back and offer your gift. So not only Jesus is talking about the heart issues, but now he's given us a plan, right? He's given us a plan. He says, you know what, Jesus, you know what this plan means to you and I? It, equate, it equates freedom. It equates freedom. It, it says to us that this negative emotion... This attitude, this presence has no power over me. Is that right? This has no power over me. That's what Jesus said. Go and make it right. Do you mean, Daryl, if I have something in my heart against somebody or somebody offended me or, and, I, and, and I have to go and say, I forgive you? Absolutely. Absolutely. What if that person doesn't know they offended me? Well, then you got to talk it over with God. Because I would, I would say this. If it, have, you ever, have you ever been in a situation that every time you see a person, stuff moves up you emotionally? Yeah? Yeah. Well, that's what Jesus is talking about right there. In my, that's the way I read it. I mean, there's just people I, I can say, oh, that's just them, and forgive them and move on and not think another thing about it. 
It's not talking about that. He's talking about that person that you see and you're going, hmm, where's the side door? Hope that person doesn't see me. Oh, I hope that person didn't even talk to me. I hope that person slips and falls on their face. Come on. That is what Jesus is talking about. My words, but the spirit of it's right there, right? Yeah, that's what he's talking about. And he's saying, I want you to be free. You've heard it said this. The Pharisee says, look, if you just do this, you're okay. I'm saying, no, you're not. Jesus is saying, you're not. We are not okay. Because I am the voice. I am the voice by which you should live your life. And this is what I'm telling you if you really want to be free. In other words, he's saying, don't let offenses grab you. Don't let them invade you. Don't let offenses take control of your life. And I'm telling you, we have offenses upon offenses of people all the time. Happens to us all the time. And we're in the workplace. It happens in the home. And, we, and some of us, you just, you're, some of you here in this room today, you are like a pressure cooker. Because there's no outlet. Then he goes on to say this. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on your way with them. Lest your adversary deliver you up to the judge. And the judge hands you over to the officer. And the officer throws you in prison. And suddenly I say, I, sure, I surely, excuse me, I say to you, you will be by no means get out until you have satisfied the last penny. So you have the thought here, if... You take the advice of Jesus and move towards your adversaries in a way of peace. And the Bible is very clear. To live at peace with all men as much as it lies within us. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying live in peace. Matter of fact, I have read that out of every 35 deaths in Chicago, or murders, I should say, sorry, were crimes of passion. Were crimes of passion. Every 35 out of all their murders are crime, crimes of passion. In other words, somebody was, you know, crime of passion. And passion gets built up. Matter of fact, they've been heard, this uh, one person said that they had a thought, a negative thought in their head, and it existed there so long that they actually lived it out. They actually did it. And Jesus would say, or the Bible says to us, to take every thought captive. These are just, they're just hard words, right? Don't let anger rule. That's what he's saying. Don't let anger rule you. Have you ever been around anybody that doesn't have a good thing to say about anything? Do we have any of those people here? That would be awful brave. <laughs> but I understand the reason is, is because of the, probably has life experience to do with it. It could be negative voices that you grew up under. There's all kinds of reasons, but the idea here is Jesus doesn't want you to live underneath that kind of weight, emotional weight. It, 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 it is like putting metal in acid. It erodes our life. 
It's not what He has called us to do or be. Today, Jesus would say, is the day of salvation. Now is the time to listen to the voice. And I know that we have all kinds of voices out there trying to draw us into and even try to justify our feelings. Even try to justify our attitude. I feel this way because. I wouldn't feel this way if you didn't do this. I respond to you the way I do because of the actions that you do. In other words, you're always blaming somebody else for what, how you feel. Does that make sense? Is that right? Do we do it? Why? I know. It's a good question. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a long time to work out. I get it. Uh, but it's true, right? Why do, we, why do I do the things I do? I tell the Lord all the time, I say, Lord, I'm just tired of myself. <laughs> I'm just tired of myself. Can you, can you do this finished work like now? I mean, those are those, those, those eureka moments, those wow moments where I said, I just would love to stop being me. And Jesus says, yeah, I would love it too, Daryl, so start listening. Amen. <laughs> I have made a way for you, brother, my child. I have a plan for your life. Stop messing it up. Oh, I'm trying not to. So anyways, we have this, we have this ability, the narrative. One narrative that we all live under is um, that narrative that we are right. Right? And then there's the narrative that's, and we are justified and we need to be um, right. And there's a big thing, have a need to be right and all that kind of stuff. And then there's this other narrative where Jesus says, I want you to love one another. I want you to forgive one another. I want you to come and follow me. I want you to say yes to me. I want you to be my voice, my example. As he says earlier, even before he starts talking about these narratives, that we are the salt and the light of the world. Come to the light. Come as you are, and you can be the friend of God. Fall on the rock. That's what that's about. He's saying you can be these things. I'm not just giving, this is not just pie in the sky. I am going to the cross so that you can understand what true freedom is. You do not have, I do not have, none of us have to live under the narrative of bondage. None of us. And that's really what he's talking about here. A matter of fact, 1 John tells us, Whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in them. Right? I am so grateful for repentance. I am so grateful for confession. I am so grateful that my past doesn't dictate my future. I love the scripture. It says, put your hands to the plow. You know why? If you put two hands to the plow, it's hard to look behind you. Think about it. Jesus says, put your hand to the plow. He says, I don't want your past to dictate your future. Look forward. I have a plan for you. I have a gift for you. I have a way for you. I have a purpose for you. And I am for you. That is what he's saying. And then he goes on in Romans and says, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Don't let that happen. Make choices that produces health. 
But present yourself to God as a living, as a being alive from the dead. When you come to salvation, that old man is put to death and the new life is resurrected in our heart. You have ability to move forward. You have the ability to forgive because of Christ Jesus. He's not saying you do it on your own. Get yourself cleaned up and then come to me. He says, no, you come as you are. You come as you are in the midst of who you are right now. And I'm going to help you get down the road. And that is important. Do you realize, do you realize that, that people spend thousands of dollars just to get their lives organ, uh, straight? And, and it, I'm not against counseling. I, lo- I think it's a, a praise God for it. But I do know this, that God could do that, which sometimes takes us a lifetime to get to. I do know that. I do the, know that. Look, and I'm one, I, you know, I've I been to counseling. You probably think I need to go back. <laughs> but I do have, I do have, I do go to spiritual direction, you know, and coaching. Because I, I know how important it is to air out how I feel. I know how important that is. There's something about saying, you know, this is how I feel about that. You know, the, just the gut truth. This is how I feel about that. I put it out in the air and I go, Ooh, that was liberating. Oh, that felt so good. I'm telling you, you should try it. Anyways. Um, but it, 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 confession, let me tell you something about confession. It takes away the hook of the devil. Hello? It takes away the hook of the devil. It just dissolves it. Isn't that true? You just put it out there and, and, and you, you find somebody you trust. And, uh, you know, some people call it a holy listener. You find somebody you trust and say, this is, this is how I feel about that. And that person says, okay, well, let's, what's Jesus? Jesus, come and help us with that, Right? And he says, don't use our members, the members that he died for, as instruments of unrighteousness. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law, but you're under grace. You're under God's unmerited favor. That's what grace is. You're under that. That's where we live. Do we make mistakes? Absolutely. As I finish up here, let's have the worship team come forward. He goes on in chapter 12 of Romans and says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not conform to this world. And that's what Jesus is saying. Don't conform to the world. Don't let the voices out you form you. Uh, the voices out there form you. As good as they may sound, don't, they're not, they're Don't let them form me. Let me form you. Let me put my hands on you. Let me come. Let my presence come upon you. Allow that forming take place. And that's what Paul is talking about him, talking about here right now. He says, and do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How How do you renew your mind? I can tell you how I do it. I live in this book. I live in this book. The, 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 the gospels, the epistles form my life. They taught me how to love. They taught me how to be a husband. 
They've taught me how to be a father. They've taught me how to be a good brother. They've taught me how to be a good, uh, good follower of Christ. These words right here mean a lot to me. They are the roadmap of our lives. And it, it, it is true north. I know there's times that I've tried to go northeast or northwest or even south. But it always brings me back to true north. That's what this word does. That's what we call disciples. They're people that say, I choose to be a part of the true north. Sometimes it goes south and we know. But we always come back to true north because that's where we know we should be. Right? Yes. Okay. That was like really a gift. Anyways. But don't be conformed. But everything out there is trying to get us to conform to a principle, a philosophy that a lot of times is not even based in any kind of eternal value. And that's the thing about the word. It has eternal value to it. That you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And then lastly, let us walk. Let us walk right before God as it is in that day. Let us walk before God in this day. Not in revelry or drunkenness. Come on, I, I know when times get bad and you're de- desperate and you don't, you don't, you, you want to numb yourself. I get it. You just want to check out. Just, just to come back around and the thing is still there, right? It doesn't go away. I, I get that. I, you know, look, I come from a whole family of that stuff. I get it. But it's not life. It doesn't produce fruit. It's part of that erosion. Don't get involved in that. Say no to it. Not in lewdness or lust. Not in strife or envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. In other words, don't give yourself an option to do wrong. Do it right. Live by what I call godly character. Godly morality. And I'm telling you, morality, you put 10 people in a room and whoever they decide, that's morality. It's not. It's, that's not morality, which is a very challenging word for us today. But somebody has to stand up and say, this is right and this is wrong. You know why morality is right? Because it produces stability in family. You know why morality is right? Because It strengthens the core of who we are. It it makes us pillars. The society, I'm going to really step on some toes. The society out there says, sleep with whoever you want. It's okay. Why isn't it? Why shouldn't it be? The Bible says you sin against yourself and you sin against the other person. Why? Because it was something that was created in us to give for a lifelong partnership. And I don't know anybody that had, uh, um, you know, just a promiscuous lifestyle 
that have come to me and said, gosh, I'm really glad I did that. Hello? I'm so happy I had all those multiple relationships. It really helped my life down the road. No, I don't know anybody that said that. I didn't say it. I won't say it. It messed people up, right? That's that erosion. And somebody has to stand up and say it's wrong. Now, let's have the conversation. Now, what, I, what I'm not saying here, what I am not saying here is that, that there's no hope because there is hope. What I'm not saying here, what I'm saying here is let's keep having the right conversation. I don't want to cut people away just because they don't act right. Right? You're not acting right, so get out. That's not how this works. Let's walk down this road together and let's discover what Jesus has for you. Isn't that right? That happened to me. I, I mean, I was just, you know, I came out of the Jesus, uh, I came out of the hippie movement. So to me, it's just all gone. It, different clothing, same attitude. <laughs> it's not changed. Different clothing, same attitude. Trust me. Anyways, but yet people walked with me. And I said, why is that wrong? And they take me to the word. And I go, oh, I can, you know. They started discipling me and teaching me and growing with me. We're going to take the, this opportunity for our offering. And we want you to know that we are locally, we're supported by us. We're here because of your faithfulness. And we want to, I want to say to you, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. I want to say uh, we appreciate it. And I also want to say that we do have an online choice. I know that a lot of people... Uh, prefer that, and it's uh, www.oasis.org, and just go to the give. So, Lord, I ask that you continue to give us the ability to be great stewards and use your finances not only to be a blessing to us as a community, but to everybody outside of us. Um, and what we talked about today is God has plenty of money. We don't see it all the time, but it's always there. So think about that. Sometimes a bank account doesn't say it, but there is, it always shows up. So God bless you. Give as God has blessed you. And we, we're so grateful that you um, are willing to do so. If you would just remain st standing with us for a second. Um, the idea of going and reconciling with somebody. That's just a part of being an authentic community. This is a, it's, a, it's a nature of what it means to be a follower of Christ. But sometimes, I will say this, sometimes you do need to air out the process before you go do it. Sometimes it's so heavily loaded that even if you were trying to do the right thing, it would come out wrong. Because you haven't walked through the emotion of it. And we're a very emotional man. So I just want to say to you that if something, especially if it's been a long life issue or something like that, let, let's air that out. Let the community and let's walk this out together. That there is an appropriate time where the Lord will say, okay, now is the time to reconcile. Remembering that, that uh, in Corinthians it says that God is giving us 
as the body of Christ, as the community of Christ, to be the ministry of reconciliation. And truly, it needs to, does, it needs to start in the house of God. But it, it does need to be a part of our life. It's just something that we do, and we want to learn to do it well. And sometimes doing it well means that we need to be able to just talk it through. Where, you know, that sometimes that can, can very well be a counselor. And we want to support that. Sometimes it's just sitting with a couple of brothers or sisters that will help you walk it through well. That's, that's what that's all about. If you're with us this morning and, and you feel loaded, I mean weighted down, I just want to invite you up for prayer. We have those uh, ministry team people that are coming forward right now. And we, we just want to pray for you. And like I said, Jesus could do something in a moment that sometimes takes years to reconcile. And we don't get to choose, right? We, we just, we just take, try to take the opportunities we have. Uh, there's been things in my life that have taken moments and things in my life that have taken years. I just embrace the process. And so we, I want to make that, if you're dealing with any kind of physical issue, we believe that the, in the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit to heal. And we, we're to, totally grateful for the medical field and what they provide. But we do want to pray for people. We do, want, we, we do believe in the miraculous and the supernatural. So let us pray together. Father, we do, we do not want to carry anger in our heart. So in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, come and begin to cultivate. Break up the hard ground of our lives. Break up those, the, the hard emotions that we carry around. We ask you, Holy Spirit, just, just come. Bring us into that place of being able to just confess our faults one to another and allow your presence to come and bring your healing power upon our lives. We ask this. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you're with us this morning and you know that you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I ask you to come forward and let us talk and let us pray together and, let's, and, if, and introduce you to Jesus because Jesus is here for you. And so we'll be up here. God bless you. Glad to have you with us today. God bless you.